Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 40 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. Got another fairly quick turnaround during our festival of footy going on here as we move into round 11. Now, I wanted to make sure I got my tips in for round 11 before they begin the games tomorrow, or today if you're listening, more than likely. A couple things I wanted to touch on real quickly in the news. I don't know how many of you watched the Saints and Suns game on Thursday, but... That might be the best game I've seen all season. It was dynamite. And you might be able to argue that Dan Butler has been the uh, the best offseason pickup for any club out there. And they picked him up for what? Pick number 56? A great deal for the Saints. And I'm sure Richmond is thinking to themselves, we might have been able to get a better pick for him. But that game was like watching a... Uh, an MMA battle or a boxing match, that sort of thing. And it wasn't necessarily a, like a heavyweight match where they, the two are just standing there in the center going, you know, wailing on each other and throwing, you know, haymakers at each other. But it was like a middleweight fight where there's a lot of speed and a lot of moving around and a lot of quick action because both of those teams were moving very quickly for, you know, 64 minutes of, uh, of almost nonstop action. It was great to see, such an exciting game. I think it was one of the ones that was broadcast here in the States as well. So hopefully everybody was watching that one. And, you know, I've said this several times this year. And while the results haven't uh, been in place on the uh, scoreboard necessarily, the Suns are becoming a fun team to watch. You know, almost like they're, uh, you know, we had a saying here in the United States with one of the TV networks that used to say that their their channel was must-see TV. They're almost must-see footy because... There's so much excitement there. There's so many great young players. And going forward, I think this is going to be a terrific, terrific squad to watch. You know, and the Saints, they have earned that number two spot on the ladder, though. Okay, they have worked really hard. They had a couple of hiccups recently. But their style of play should allow them to play finals and very likely earn that double chance in the finals that, that every team wants the opportunity to have if they can possibly get it. So if you haven't had a chance, you know, if you're here in the States and you've DVR'd the, the Saints and Suns game, I strongly encourage you to go take a look at that one. And I think by the day, the Suns are adding more and more supporters to their, uh, to their list of members. And I think the same with the Saints as well, because the Saints are having a dynamic season. This is nothing to take anything away from, from uh, St. Kilda, because they've played fantastic footy this year. Now, we all saw the uh, the horrific injury to Isaac Quainor's leg yesterday, and uh, it was ugly. And, you know, here in the States, and I, I coached football for a few years. I've been involved with announcing now football for a little over a decade, announcing at the actual stadium. And while we have field turf, which is kind of like the artificial grass that has ground-up rubber inside the turf, now I've not seen a, a footy grounds that has that I don't know how that would work in that type of a setting they wear a molded plastic cleat similar to what the AFL is wearing and sometimes it might even be something a little bit different than that but going back to when football was played mostly on regular grass and it is still in some places NFL players would wear cleats that had like a uh, little plastic almost like a cone on it 
And then the tip of it that went into the grass was like a little flat piece of metal. And that piece of metal became the screw, the threaded screw that screwed into the, the boot, into the shoe. And depending upon the, the surface of the grass, if the grass was very slippery, they might uh, go ahead and put longer cleats into the shoe in order to allow the, the players to get better traction. Now, I, I don't know if teams are still using those today, but I, you know, in all the years that I've been watching football here in the United States, I have never seen the type of injury that uh, Isaac Quainor suffered on his leg. And it sounds like the uh, the Swans have, have, you know, confirmed that the, that the uh, boots that uh, Sam Wicks was wearing actually did have kind of a hybrid between plastic and metal. It sounds like very similar to what the football players used to wear here in the States on their cleats. So I'm guessing he's not wearing those again because those are illegal in the AFL from what it looks like. And like I said, I've never seen that type of an injury in the NFL before. It may have happened and I just missed it, but it was pretty horrific. And uh, hopefully Isaac gets healthy soon, is able to get back out there because uh, it was a pretty graphic injury. I'm not going to post a link to it on my show notes. If you feel the urge to go look at the picture, and I did, it uh, it's, it's out there for you to find. It was a 20-centimeter gash on the, the side of his leg, his lower leg. So if you feel the need to go look for it, it's out there. But, uh, you know, you don't have to go look for it. I would highly recommend not taking a peek at it because it is pretty ugly. And, you know, speaking of the Magpies, their injury concerns just continue to mount. Is this team the most snake-bit club this year? They've had bad luck with things. You know, they've had people making poor decisions. Uh, They've had legal issues. And now we're beginning to see more and more injuries creep in. And you had Will Hoskin Elliott banging up his knee early in the game this week. You had Adam Trelore hurt his hamstring again as well. I think this is the third time. Scott Pendlebury is still out. Jordan DeGoey is still out, you know, after having hurt, had surgery on his hand. And, uh, you know, if you look at their injury list, you know, they're going to really have to battle to stay and hold on to their spot in the eight. You know, if you look at that list, it's amazing because like half of their uh, their club, half of their starting 18 is on the injured list. So they're really going to have to dig deep to battle through. Now, they've got a lot of talented players on that list, but a lot of them aren't playing right now. So I don't know what's going to happen as far as uh, the the season going forward for the Magpies, you know, if you know Pendlebury comes back soon, it sounds like Trelord's going to miss a few weeks. You know, Hoskin Elliott, we don't know how severe his knee injury is yet. Yeah, you know, Isaac Quaynor, not sure how long he's going to be out, but they've said four to six weeks, I believe, which takes us almost to finals. So they're going to have to figure out how to get to finals in order to actually compete in finals. Now, if any team can do that, it's the Magpies because they've been there before. Okay, they're a strong, resolute club, so I, I fully expect them to be there. And the last story, and I'm not digging into a lot of stories this week, but the last one I wanted to get into was the fact that round 13 has been introduced and it is terrific that they are actually going to be holding a couple of games 
at uh, Teal Stadium in Darwin during the uh, Indigenous round, during this uh, Sir Douglas Nichols Indigenous round. And it's great to see Darwin get an opportunity to host a couple of regular season games this year. And I know in the past, generally, I'm not remembering which club it was. I think it's Hawthorne. Is it Hawthorne that goes and plays a game there each year? And I could be wrong on that. Uh, I probably am wrong, and you're going to let me know in uh, in the comments. But uh, you're going to have Carlton and Gold Coast playing one another in round 13. And Richmond and Essendon are going to be playing the Dreamtime game up there in round 13. So it's a great opportunity for the game to be showcased in a in a, an area that is so vital to the game of footy because so many players from the Northern Territories do find their way into the AFL. So this is a great opportunity here. Um, they also did say that the, uh, that the D's and Bombers are going to figure out how to work out their missed game, the one that need to be made up after the, the COVID situation, uh, that they're going to go ahead and try to make that game up during this second frenzy period, if you will, which they said is going to be between rounds 14 and 16. So it sounds that, well, some teams are going to be playing two or three games depending on when they get a bye because there'll be some teams that have not had a bye week as of yet. Some teams will be playing three games, and it looks like Essendon and the Adiz are going to end up playing a fourth game during this time period on maybe an even shorter turnaround in order to catch up with the other teams and, and get themselves back level in terms of the number of games played. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. It'll be interesting to see where they play it. You know, we, we shall see. So really quick turnaround, you know, set a couple fewer games this week. So I didn't want to dig, you know, there were some stories that were out there that I just decided not to dig into. Okay. Some, some news broke out, you know, today in terms of what happened with recently in Richmond, uh, with the post game celebration, I'm not going to get into that. I don't feel that this is a place that I, I want to talk about that and I'm just going to avoid it. You can go read up on that if you want to elsewhere. It's been talked about. It was talked about at their press conference. I'm going to go ahead and leave it at that. Now, I did want to get into my tips for this week. As I told you, it's going to be a much shorter episode this week. I had a pretty good week. I got six out of seven, so not bad. And the one that I missed, of course, I tipped against the defending premiers. I chose Brisbane in that game and Richmond handled them pretty easily, throttled them pretty well. So I still can't figure out why do I keep tipping against Richmond? Because every time I do it, it turns out that I'm wrong. We'll see what happens uh, with today's tips that I'm going to give you now. Speaking of Richmond, we've got Richmond and Port Adelaide, which is very arguably the game of the week. Yes, I know that that Port Adelaide's playing at home. Yes, I know that they're at top of the ladder. Yes, I know that they have a percentage that's over 20 points higher than the Tigers. The Power have been playing exceptionally well. And despite their loss three rounds ago to the Saints, they've maintained that spot on the top of the ladder. The Tigers handled the Lions pretty handily, pretty easily last week. Like almost doubling their score. And, uh, yeah, the Power have announced that they're going to be bringing Scott Lysette back into the 22 this week. So they're going to have two rucks along with Peter Laddams. And I'm going to still take the Tigers by six points in this game. I think it's going to be extraordinarily close. It's uh, going to be a game where I think that the Tigers' veteran leadership 
pays off for them and gets them another hard-fought win. Now they're going to be without their captain. Trent Cotchin is going to be taking this game off. He's got a hamstring issue. So he's going to be staying back in Queensland and trying to get his uh, his leg back healthy again. I'm not going to speculate if there's another reason why they're leaving him behind in uh, Queensland. That, that'll be up for you to decide. And like I said, I think this is going to be the match of the week. Like 1A and 1B I'll talk about in a moment here. But I think the Tigers are going to take this one by just a single goal. And I could very easily be wrong on this one because these are two fantastic clubs. Brisbane and Western. I've got Brisbane winning this one by eight points. You know, the Lions, they got thumped pretty handily last round by the Tigers, but I think that they're going to bounce back. The Bulldogs have lost their last two. And, uh, you know, against you know the reigning premiers and against the uh, current ladder leader, but I still think that the Lions are going to go ahead and win this one by a goal and a couple of uh, single points. So, I yeah, Brisbane's a talented club. I think they're going to recover from the ugly showing that they had last week. Let's be honest; it was. I think they were embarrassed by what happened, and they you know and again this has been a bugaboo for the Lions for quite some time because they've struggled against the Tigers for a number of years. And, you know, if you saw the foot, the footage of it, you saw the, uh, the coach, the senior coach, Chris Fagan, visibly upset by what was going on during the course of the game. And yeah, he's an intense guy, but I, I've not seen him that angry before the next uh, game on the list this week, we've got West coast and Carlton and I've got West coast winning this one by 14. You know, the blues had been a great story all year. You know, this is a team that, that most fans have been waiting for them to, take that next step and to to begin competing for a spot in the eight. And it looked like they were going to do that. You know, they knocked off the likes of Geelong earlier in the season. And uh, they've kind of fallen back a little bit. And they've struggled for the last uh, last few, few rounds. Okay, they've dropped three out of their last five. The Eagles have won five in a row. And they've used their, their time at home at Optus to... Uh, to help get their season pointed in the right direction. And I think that's going to be the case here, okay? The Eagles have so many weapons. They can attack you and score from pretty much anywhere around the 50-meter arc and inside. Yeah, so I, I really think that they're going to go ahead and take this. And I think with their talent and the fact that the Blues have really been scuffling lately, I think this is going to be a, a two-plus goal win for the Eagles. Now, I think West Coast is actually leaving Optus after this week and heading to... Um, to Queensland. I could be wrong on that, but I think West Coast is heading to the east. I know that uh, Adelaide is going to be heading that way here shortly. Now we've got Melbourne and North Melbourne, and I've got the D's winning this one by nine points. The D's, they've got an opportunity to go ahead and, and get back to even on the ladder. And if you think back to the earlier parts of the season, did you expect that to be happening? Because you could argue that there wasn't a more dysfunctional club in the competition than the Eagle, or excuse me, than the D's. And they have righted the ship. They've started to play better. They've begun to perform at a, uh, at a better rate. So I, uh, I think that the D's are going to be facing, you know, of course, the, uh, the ruse without Ben Brown. And while Brown has struggled to score this year, he still is a great option, you know, to take marks and score inside 50. And if you saw, he banged up his knee pretty uh, significantly, against the Cats this week, so I doubt he'll be playing. And, you know, is this going to be a great opportunity to see two premier rucks playing one another? You know, 
with whether it be Todd Goldstein or Max Gaughan. It's going to be great to watch the two of them battle with each other. So I think this is going to be the D's game by nine points, and uh, I'm looking forward to that ruck competition there. Now, Geelong and St. Kilda. You know, Geelong's had got got the good fortune, if you want to call it that, of playing the top two teams on the ladder in back-to-back weeks. They've got the Saints this week and Port Adelaide next week. They have, you know, an older side in many situ in many cases. You know, Gary Ablett is still away, you know, dealing with personal issues, and I hope things are going well for him. They've begun to mix in some younger players into the uh, into the mix, and they perform pretty well. Lockie Fogarty, Zach Guthrie. I think Zach Guthrie actually had two goals this past week. You know, that he's been a kid who the the fans have been waiting for to, to, to grow up, it looked like, you know, because he was a very young-looking player. And he, he came out and played pretty well this past week. Now, are the uh, Cats going to manage more players? You know, they played uh, Patty Dangerfield down forward for most of the game this past week. It's a you know, way to, you know, take some of the miles off of his legs. Will they do that again this week? Will they bring in some other players? Remains to be seen. But, you know, St. Kilda is playing a uh, an exciting brand of footy. You know, they, they scratched out a, a really difficult win against the Suns. I talked about that before. You know, and again, like I said, this is kind of the, the 1B as far as the games of the week behind the Tigers and power game. You know, the Saints play with a lot of speed, a lot of urgency, and it's going to be interesting to see if the Cats can keep up with that, if they can handle it. You know, like I said, they, they handled the, the Kangaroos pretty easily last week, and they've begun managing some players. So the Cats might be playing the long game here. So they may drop a game or two out of these next two. They might drop both of them if they decide to manage players and just try to maintain a spot on the ladder, hoping that the health of everybody pays off for them at the end. We'll have to see. Of course, you have to get to the top eight and stay there in order to even compete at the uh, at the end. Okay? But like I said, I'm going to go with the Cats on this one by eight points. I think it's going to be a very close game. And we've got a couple more games here. We've got uh, the Magpies and the Crows. And uh, I've got the Crows beating the Magpies this week by six points. Now, before you turn off the podcast and unsubscribe, hear me out on this, okay? Some of you are thinking, what is going through your head, you idiot? That's okay. The Crows are playing their last game at the Adelaide Oval for a while before they head back into the Queensland Hub. The Magpies, as I had talked about earlier, they are just devastated by injuries. You've got arguably half of their starting 18 on the injury list. They're probably not going to be playing. I don't think any of them are going to be playing. Now, they might bring Mason Cox back into the mix this week, but it's going to it's gonna be a, uh, a battle. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a high-scoring game, but I think that the youngsters in Adelaide mixed in with their veterans who most of them are still healthy are going to have just enough to get their first win of the season. And let's be honest, folks, this might be their last opportunity to get a win this year. So if you're a Crow supporter, you're, you're certainly hoping that that happens. If you're not a Crow supporter, sure. You're hoping maybe that the pies win. You want to see somebody get, you know, a whole set of wooden spoons by not winning a game this year, but I've got the Crows winning this one by six points. Next up, we've got Hawthorne and Fremantle in round 11. And in this game, I've got Hawthorne beating the Dockers by 11 points. Yeah, let's be honest here. You had the Hawks earlier in the year dropping four games in a row 
And that was a downward spiral that I think even the most diehard Hawthorne supporter was wondering, are we ever going to pull out of this? Are we ever going to recover from this? Well, they've won a couple games. They did the last round. They knocked off the Blues pretty handily. The Dockers did bounce back after a couple of tough losses, and they had a really ugly outing. And I think both teams played rather ugly against Geelong in in terrible conditions in the rain at Optus. You know, the, the Dockers, you know, they have a significant number of players that are out injured. It's a question as to whether or not they will be back in the uh, the lineup this week. You know, Michael Walters, Stephen Hill, very likely not playing. Nat Fife is back, but I don't know if that's going to be enough for the Dockers. I believe, you know, that the veterans uh, on the Hawks list are going to be able to win this one. I don't want to say rather handily, but 11 points is a significant margin. So I've got the Dockers dropping in this game to Hawthorne by 11 points. And the last game of the week, Gold Coast and Essendon. And I've got Gold Coast winning this one by seven points. Just got done watching a little while ago the uh, Essendon and GWS game, and Essendon was just crushed by a uh, a questionable high-contact ruling at the end of the match, which gave the Giants a shot on goal inside of 50 and uh, put the game out of reach. Now, of course, the flip side of that is Essendon blew a 29-point lead. They had a significant lead in this game and let it get away from them. Yeah, you have to credit GWS for winning the game as much as you have to fault Essendon for losing the game. Now, I don't know if they're going to recover in such a short turnaround. You know, the Suns went toe-to-toe with the Saints this past week, almost getting a win against them. And uh, while I think that they're, you know, they're exciting brand of play, it hasn't, hasn't translated into wins. They've lost the last few. I think this round they're going to do enough to get themselves closer to the ninth spot on the ladder because if they win and Carlton loses, they, they could hop from 11th to 9th on the ladder and then be knocking on the door to the top eight. And when is the last time you thought you'd be saying that about Gold Coast? You know, competing for the possibility of playing finals. Is that good for footy? I think it is. I think the fact that Gold Coast is making a name for itself in terms of being respectable is going to bode well for them when it comes to adding players in the offseason. People are going to want to come to Gold Coast. Now, I've not been to Gold Gold Coast before. I've not been to Australia before. But I can read a weather map. And uh, I mentioned this to somebody the other day on Twitter. You'd have to think that uh, spending your winners in Gold Coast would be more comfortable than spending your winners in some other place that's a little bit colder. Kind of a nicer climate in the wintertime, if you think about it. So there's my tips for the games this week. Again, please don't rely on me. Okay, I'm just having fun with this. I'm letting you know what I think. You can tell me where I'm wrong. You can tell me what you uh, what you would have picked differently. That's great. I'd love to hear from you. Okay? Now, ladies and gents, don't forget uh, that if you'd like to sign up for the mailing list, I would, uh, I would love for you to do that. There's a link for it in the show notes. This is where uh, I send the episode out to you before it goes anywhere else. I publish it. The first thing I do is get that link to the... Uh, the episode, and I send it out to the people in the mailing list so you have it ahead of time. So even if it hasn't shown up on uh, Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or Stitcher or whatever 
service you're using to listen to the podcast, it'll be in your inbox ahead of time. So you can listen to it on your, your drive into work or in your way home, whatever the case may be. All right. So if you'd like to go ahead and sign up for that, would love to have you sign up. Uh, also, as I mentioned last week, if you've got a, uh, an idea for a show topic or somebody you think would be a great guest, I had somebody that, uh, suggested that I, you know, do like a history of the different leagues around the country. I think that would be very beneficial for myself because I tend to, when I talk about things, I tend to be rather Victoria centric, which, you know, I guess is not a real popular thing to be doing right now. And I have to remember to myself that there is the waffle and the, the, the NEAFL and the, uh, the Northern Territories League and that type of thing, that there are different competitions around the country. And I have to continually remind myself about that because I don't, you know, I've kind of come at this just looking at the AFL and, you know, the, the 10 clubs there whose teams are playing in the, uh, in the uh, VFL. So somebody suggested that. I think that's not a bad idea. I'm going to put that on my list of things to do maybe as a, uh, an episode once the season wraps up so I can do some deep dives into things. I have an episode right now that I'm digging into and doing some research on that I'm hoping to have out next week. Uh, it's, it's a topic I'm having a lot of fun with, so I, I hope you'll give it a listen. I'm hoping to have it out by Wednesday or Thursday next week. Okay. And again, I think this week we're coming into the next round of the, uh, the footy frenzy as well. So I'll have the episode with my, my tips as well at that point in time. So, Ladies and gents, don't forget that while you can find all the episodes of this podcast at yankonthefooty.podbean.com, you can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. Hopefully you'll subscribe, whatever podcast podcast provider you're using, whether it be on the Podbean app or on Stitcher or on Spotify or on iTunes or Google. Hopefully you'll go ahead and uh, you'll hit that subscribe button. If you're on Apple, I would love for you to give me a review. Let me know what you think. I would love a five-star if I've earned it. Okay. Remember, you can also reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter and by email at a yank on the footy at gmail.com and on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. I'd like to thank Mr. Joseph McDade for the use of a couple pieces of his music. Mr. McDade has created some fantastic music. I'm using the pieces Elevation and Backplate. You can find his music at josephmcdade.com backslash music. You can also find him on Spotify as well. I've listened to some of his music there, some great stuff. Again, Mr. McDade, thank you so very much. And again, if you haven't done so yet, I invite you to sign up for the mailing list so you can uh, get the podcast sent to you. Alrighty. Now, those of you who are based in Victoria, I know that you're in the midst of the state of disaster. I hope that you'll be safe. I hope that you'll look out for one another. Reach out to your family members. Talk to them. You know, I, uh, I've, I saw in one of the discussion boards on Facebook... You know, somebody who has been through, I'm going to quite frankly, I'm going to put it out there, has been through hell in the last year in terms of personal loss and health issues and that sort of thing. And somebody who has been very receptive to me as I've begun to learn this game and I saw a post from them who, who love to banter with one another, you know, loves to banter with other people online, but posted a, an extraordinarily genuine hey if you need to talk to someone don't hesitate to reach out to me comment in one of the uh online message boards regarding you know regarding footy so i i 
I hope that you look out for one another. You know, we uh, we're in a, a point in time here where we have to do that, even if we can't do it face to face, even if we're doing it over a computer or over the telephone. We need to look out for one another. Because a lot of us are going, you know, what could be called stir crazy. You know, here in the States, you know, I teach school. I don't know if I've mentioned that before, but I'm a school teacher by trade. We were, we're going back to work here in about two and a half weeks. And we were all excited because we had just found out uh, earlier this week that we were going to be going back. The plan was for us to be back in the classroom five days a week. Now, I haven't been in my classroom. I've, I've visited a couple times for, to pick up some things, but I haven't been in my classroom to actually teach a class since early March. And I was excited to get back into my classroom. And uh, so our, our school board in our district had decided we're going to go back five days a week. Well, two days after that happened, our county health department strongly encouraged, strongly recommended. Now, I don't think they can require it necessarily, but they have strongly recommended that every school system in our county, and there are one, two, three, four, five six, seven, eight, eight different school districts in my county, and then a, a vocational school as well, that they spend the first nine weeks of the grading period of the school year doing remote learning, doing work from home, which you know some of the students are doing in Australia as well. And if you're listening elsewhere around the world, that may be happening with you too. So I was a little crestfallen by that. I was looking forward to being back in my room and actually engaging with the kids face-to-face, even if it was behind a mask and between some plexiglass or whatever the case may be. But that's not to be for the first nine weeks, so we're going to have to figure out how we work around that. Now, what is interesting is that I I chatted with my mother-in-law last night on Facebook, and she and my late father-in-law retired to Mexico. They live on the west coast of Mexico in a small village and they fell in love with this village like 20 years ago when they they went to visit they built a condominium down there they they went on you know weekends or for two or three weeks at a time until he retired and then they retired there about a decade ago and my father-in-law passed away last year and uh, they have done so much along with their friends and neighbors in terms of like doing uh missionary work, helping to build uh, community facilities within the village that they live in, helping to fund the construction of, I believe, a new church and uh, parts of a new school for the students and supplying materials to the kids and that sort of thing. Well, Mexico is going through the, the COVID crisis, as is everyone else, and much of the population there is... Uh, is starving because it's a very tourist heavy area and people aren't traveling and visiting right now. And Mexico, unlike many parts of the world have no sort of social welfare safety net at all. So my mother-in-law and, uh, and her friends are doing what they can to, to try to generate, um, revenue to provide meals and supplies and that sort of thing to the, to the family members and that sort of thing there. Yeah, I'm just pointing it out because, you know, it's it's not something that's just happening in Australia. It's not happening just in, in the United States. It's happening all over the world. I am going to put a link in the show notes if you want to take a look at what's happening there, if you are at all curious. It is kind of an interesting situation, and uh hope you'll you know, want to check it out if you'd like to do so. 
ladies and gents, I want to thank you for listening because again, you know, while many of us, I think all of us who are listening are, are fans of our teams deep down, we're fans of a game that we all love and that's the game of footy. And again, for those of you who have started to watch the games in the United States and Canada, and don't forget that Australia rules football, it's why they invented the DVR. And again, ladies and gents, thanks so much for listening. And I ask that you consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode 40 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to the yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook at A Yank on the Footy. Again, thanks for listening, and please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. Goodbye.